Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, December 19th, 2019. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Usually on Thursdays, we are joined by 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting, Steve Wiltfong. Mr. Wiltfong was on assignment yesterday. You should have seen that on CBS Sports HQ, and he is in the air right now, flying from Nashville to Indianapolis. Couldn't be on the BM5, so we had to dip into the salary cap, expand it, and bring on the Dean of Ohio State Recruiting, Bill Kerlick. Bill, how goes it this day after National Signing Day? Goes well. Uh, busy day, as always. A uh, little different than the old days. Uh, the old days, uh, February, of course, was signing day, and everybody got signed that day. And uh, I, I would go, and to be honest, I'd, I'd go get something to eat, get a USA Today, uh, and read all the recruiting stuff that they had um, on a Thursday morning. And just kind of relax. But those days, as you know, Dan, are are in the rearview mirror. Uh, plenty still to do nowadays on the day after National Signing Day, and um, and and we have something to do today. That, of course, is uh, the Clark Phillips announcement later today. Ohio State had 24 guys sign letters of intent. Two guys who were committed did not sign: Phillips and Cam Martinez. Let's talk about the guy who did verbal and did come on board yesterday, C.J. Stroud. Uh, there was a lot of intrigue down the stretch here. I know there was one thread we had going about him possibly going to Georgia. He committed at 9.30 Pacific, 12.30 Eastern. We spoke after the noon, you know, after it struck noon, and we weren't really sure at the time. But what does it mean for Ohio State to get the yes? Well, you know, I, I think it really put an exclamation point on the day for Ohio State. You know, it was going to be a good day. You know, they they would have signed. It was going to be a very good day. 23 players, uh, 23 recruits in a class that has been in the top five pretty much from day one in the country. But uh, getting him, you know, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the country. I believe he right now he's number two as far as pro-style quarterbacks in the country. And, uh, solidifies the quarterback room moving forward. Uh, they now are where they want to be. They're going to have four scholarship quarterbacks on the roster, and it's going to make everyone better. It's going to set up a great competition. Uh, Jack Miller and C.J. Stroud, I think, are going to battle for that number two spot. I think uh, it's realistic to think that the, one of those guys is going to be the number two quarterback. And that's not to say Gunnar Hoke is not going to be the guy. It's just gonna, to say that one of those two guys certainly uh, can challenge and win that job. They're both coming in in January. That gives them a head start. That's huge. So uh, just all in all, you know, uh, a great job by the staff of, of getting him. Um, you know, they really didn't really start – going hard or going really all in recruiting for him until uh, late, mid to late summer. And then to do what they did, you know, go to California and bring him back to Ohio, just a great job by the staff. So there are certain programs that have really separated themselves from the top. Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State, to me, have pulled ahead of everybody else. But it is getting to the point when a recruit has a choice between Ohio State and another school, and I'm talking now about Clark Phillips III and Cam Martinez. 
that if you're deciding between Ohio State and Utah, and you're going to choose Utah, or you're deciding between Ohio State and one of the Michigan schools, and you're going to choose them, I almost am not as worried about it because if you're going to make that decision, I sort of don't trust you going forward. I know that's a little harsh. Please explain to me how Clark Phillips could go from Ohio State to Utah and then maybe explain to everyone the rationale for Michigan's player of the year, Cam Martinez, to wait it out and then how you think that one will develop eventually. Well, with Clark, I think it goes back to uh, when he made his decision in the summertime. Um, he really did seriously consider Utah. They were a high choice of his. Um, they were in his final two or three. Uh, I know they were in his final three, and they might have been, you know, the the runner up at that time to Ohio State. Um, so he liked them from the get go. Um, obviously, uh, it surprised him quite a bit when um, you know Jeff Hasley leaving. Not that he didn't know uh, a week or so in advance it might happen, but you know, three or four or five weeks ahead of that, he did not think that that was going to happen. He didn't have any inclination about that. And he liked uh, Coach Halfley a lot. He was the one who recruited him and he wanted to play for him and everything. And while we all say, you know, you shouldn't pick a school on a coach, we know that that is absolutely a factor. Uh, even when um, that all was transpiring, uh, I had conversations with Clark, and, and he was worried about it. He didn't know if Coach Halfley was going or not. Uh, when uh, Even after he found out he was going to take the job, he had concerns about that. So um, it helped when Ryan Day made a home visit with him uh, before signing day. That helped, but he still had worries about it. He went and made the official visit to Utah this past weekend. Uh, it went extremely well. Uh, he has some connections there. He likes their coach, and he was seriously considering flipping. You know, we'll see for sure if he does flip when he announces today. You know, I think he will. I, I switched my crystal ball pick to that. Last Sunday I said uh, if I had to make a prediction at that point, I would predict he's going to Utah, and based on what I was told um, on National Signing Day, I do think that's where he's going to go, but we'll see. You know, um, uh, the good thing for Ohio State is that they have two outstanding cornerback prospects in the class. They'd still like a third, but in Legend Cavazos and Ryan Watts, they have two very good corners who have size and, and athletic ability, and, and they really like those two. Now, you also mentioned uh, Cam Martinez. We'll see how that one plays out. Um, you know, he told me that the, the basis for his uh, delaying his signing was absolutely Jeff Halfley leaving. Uh, he's close to Jeff Halfley, and um, you know he w he's wanted to play for him. Uh, he said he is still committed to Ohio State. He just wants to kind of see what happens. Um, will he end up flipping? You know, right now I I would I would keep my crystal ball on Ohio State in that one. Uh, I think uh, well. Ryan Day's going to hire a great coach to replace Jeff Halfley, and I, I, I think there's every reason to believe that Cam Martinez can get on board with that. You know, we'll see if it happens. But, again, uh, uh, the positive thing for Ohio State right now is he's still committed, and his plan right now is that he is going to sign with Ohio State come National Signing Day in February. Ohio State may have signed the best wide receiver class I have ever seen, Julian Fleming. Jackson Smith, Najigba, G. Scott, and Mookie Cooper added to Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson at all. How have they convinced all of these guys to come in when there's only one football? 
Well, I think part of that is the fact that Ohio State spreads the ball around. Even with uh, the wide receivers they had last year and this year, they all caught passes. Um, and I think that uh, they've explained that, you know, there may be only one football, but we can still get that one football to all of you enough that you're going to uh, be happy with that. Also, the development at Ohio State, you know, Brian Hartline uh, has done a super job of developing uh, players along with the help of of Mick Marotti um, as well. And then you've got the Ryan Day offense, certainly. So I think you put those things together and you put uh, uh, the great recruiting job that Brian Hartline does and Ryan Day as well. And it's really... I'm not going to say an easy sell because there's nothing easy about recruiting, but that all those factors certainly help a lot. And uh, these wide receivers also get to be friends. You know, they they've got uh, they they stay in contact with each other, and they know they come to Ohio State, um, they're going to be uh, competitively challenged, and that's a good thing to make them better. But they also know that they're coming with guys that they really respect and and are friends with. Another big group Ryan Day spoke highly of. Ohio State signed six offensive linemen. Paris Johnson from Cincinnati, if you go watch his highlight tape, it looks like the montage from the blind side when the light comes on for Michael Owen. That's the most entertaining left tackle tape you can watch. Luke Whippler, another highly rated kid out of New Jersey, projected to play center. The rest of the dudes seem a little bit more project-like. Josh Fryer, Grant Tutant, Jacob James, and Trey LaRue. Am I right on that? And who of that group do you have the highest hope for? Well, certainly they're not uh, five-star guys, but they're guys that Ohio State really likes. And, um, you know, when you look at two of them in particular, uh, Josh Fryer, you know, one thing I like about him is he could liter- he could literally play any of the offensive line positions eventually for Ohio State. They don't know exactly where he's going to slot in right now, and they've told him that. You know, you, you have a chance to, to slot in at any of these positions, center, guard, or tackle. So that's, a, that's some flexibility that's really a good thing. And, you know, he was the number three player this year in the state of Indiana. And, and while, you know, we all know that Indiana football is not like Florida football or Georgia or Ohio, for instance, but – uh, Ohio State has got some good players out of that state. You know, you look at uh, Terry McLaurin and what he's done in the NFL. Uh, he was not uh, the number one player in the state of Indiana. Uh, you, you look at uh, Pete Warner. You know, he, obviously he had a good season for the Buckeyes this year. So Ohio State's got some good players out of that state that have contributed. There have been others as well. Um, and Josh Fryer, I think, is a guy that is going to contribute for Ohio State. And, and Grant Tutant, that was a big flip. You know, Penn State really wanted to keep that guy. And Penn State has, has had some pretty good uh, linemen there. And they really wanted to keep him, and Ohio State was able to flip him. So not only did Ohio State get a player that uh, has a chance to be a very good tackle, but they kept him away from Penn State, who, uh, as I said, really wanted to keep him in the class. Two guys that we haven't talked about that deserve mention, maybe from uh, the bottom half of the rankings here for the class. Well, not quite the bottom. He's he's more he's closer to the middle. Middle, but uh, a guy that I think really has a chance to play um, as a true freshman 
for Ohio State is Legend Cavazos. You know, he's got good size. He's a guy that uh, Ohio State has long liked. Urban Meyer really, really liked Legend Cavazos. And Ryan Day's opinion, uh, not any different. Um, but he's played against great competition for um, three years at IMG. And he's had to play two of those years out of position at safety. He moved to safety this year, and he was outstanding. And, um, you know, he's a guy that uh, they're going to lose a lot at cornerback. We know that. They're going to lose both starters. Uh, I think they're going to lose Sean Wade to the NFL. That would be my guess right now. Uh, so there's going to be opportunity, and he knows that. And he is absolutely going to come in ready to go and compete for playing time. So uh, that's one of the guys that uh, that I would look at. Again, he's not at the bottom. He's more towards the middle. But uh, keep an eye on him. Uh, the other guy I think people sell a little bit short is Ty Hamilton. And I saw him in person. Uh, I've seen him in person play a couple times, and I've been very impressed. He had a really good senior season. He was a double-digit in sacks for a Pickerington Central team that played against great competition, good competition, uh, and then even better, obviously, in the state playoffs, and they won it all. Devon Hamilton, his brother, wasn't the most highly recruited guy coming out of high school, but we've seen that he's proved to be a pretty darn good player for Ohio State. Uh, and I would put Ty a little bit ahead of uh, where Devon was at the same points in their career. So Ty Hamilton is a guy that I think Ohio State fans are eventually going to be very happy signed with the Buckeyes. He also <clears throat> has some versatility. He could play tackle. He could play end. And he's bigger than people may realize. Having seen him in person, he's a pretty big guy. And he's just packing a lot, a lot of things going for him. So Ty Hamilton would be the other one. And as you mentioned, Bill, we've seen that movie before with his brother, with locals like Darren Lee and Pat Elfline. Let's hope that's a sequel. We're going to take a quick break here, come back and chat a little bit about the Big Ten. All right, we are back. This is a public service announcement to anybody picking for the Big Ten next year. If you do not pick Ohio State, you have an agenda or you've suffered blunt trauma to your skull. The recruiting rankings are out for the last two years. Go look at the rosters. It's not close. Please don't pick Michigan. Anybody. Bill, superlatives around the league. Looks like Penn State is the one school that is recruiting at a high, high level. Regardless of the rankings, I like their class second best. Give me a run through the Big Ten. Who impressed you and who failed to come up large on signing day? First, going back to your um, discussion of picking against Ohio State this year, you know that that was a head scratcher for me. I just could not believe all of the picks and and all of the media uh, talk about Michigan before the season. I I, I thought this is a team that Ohio State uh, literally, literally ran out of Ohio Stadium last year. And Michigan lost a lot of good players from that team, and they were being picked to beat Ohio State pretty uh, soundly across the country in agreement that they were the better team. And I just that was just a head scratcher for me. And uh, knowing how Michigan has recruited this compared to Ohio State the last few years, I just did not see that happening. And 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 as we know, you know, Ohio State just continues to be on top. I think uh, 
people had the assumption that there was going to be a big difference, a drop-off, whatever, from uh, Urban Meyer to Ryan Day. And, you know, Urban Meyer's a legend, but Ryan Day uh, showed that he is a great coach, too, and we all saw what happened. But uh, getting back to the rankings, um, you know, I, I agree Penn State has has recruited well for the last few years, and that's shown up. They've recruited probably a little better than some of the rankings maybe have given credit for. You know, they're the one Big Ten team that has been able to challenge Ohio State a little bit the last few years. Ohio State has uh, come out on top more often than not, but they've at least challenged Ohio State. Um, you know, the, the score was a little bit misleading this year in that if Ohio State doesn't turn the ball over like they did, that's probably a blowout, but still, they made this score a lot more respectable than just about anybody else in the Big Ten did, and I think that gets back to recruiting. You know, I think they've recruited pretty pretty well the last few years. James Franklin's done a good job, and he's got a good class coming again this year. Um, Michigan, again, uh, they're up there, but they're just not on the same level at this point with Ohio State uh, when it comes to recruiting. And for, for Ohio State fans, you know, the good thing to hear is that I don't see it changing any. You know, I, what Ohio State's done this year of going undefeated and making the playoffs is only going to help their 21 and 22 recruiting. And that, in both cases, is going extremely well for the Buckeyes. They're class number two in the country in 2021 right now in the 247 sports team composite recruiting rankings. So uh, I think that, you know, that, you're going to basically have two levels to me. Uh, you're going to have Ohio State on one level with the Alabamas and Clemsons and Georgia, and then you're going to have another level of the Big Ten schools, the ones that recruit pretty well, like Penn State, uh, maybe Michigan, maybe Wisconsin, so forth, uh, but they're just not on the same level as Ohio State. I don't see that changing. Where to from here, Bill? Are they done with 2020? Do they focus totally on 2021? Give everybody an idea of how the coaches will get after it for the next month or so. Well, uh, where they're going now is uh, full speed ahead on getting ready for Clemson, and everything is going to be focused on that. And and the staff can really focus on that because they've got Mark Fantoni running the recruiting, and he's going to keep recruiting uh, going strong, and everything is going to get done as it needs to be done because of Mark Fantoni and his staff. Uh, but the coaches themselves, they're going to be focused on Clemson at this point, and that's as it should be. But, um, uh, you know, as they move forward, though, you know, they're still not quite done necessarily on 2020 recruiting. Uh, as we mentioned, we've got the Clark Phillips announcement today, uh, and uh, providing I'm right on that, and he picks Utah, then they still uh, would be interested in another cornerback for the class. They've got two. Uh, the goal was three. So, you know, they're going to take a look at the cornerback position again. Uh, running back is the other position that they're going to continue to look at for 2020. Um, you know, they, they've got Jameer Gibbs still making an official visit in January. So we'll see how that goes. And boy, you talk about a great senior season. He sure had one. Um, but he's making an official visit. Um, the, the only other position I see that could, uh, uh, be a factor between now and February is the defensive line. You know, they had been interested in getting one more defensive lineman. And so I think that they're going to take a look 
at what might still be available there. And of course, now we've got the transfer portal. So uh, the transfer portal uh, could eventually factor into any of those three positions, running back, cornerback, or on the defensive line. But uh, I think those are the three positions because they certainly took care of everything yesterday at quarterback when they got C.J. Stroud. We appreciate the Dean stopping by. You simply cannot get a better guest the day after on the Buckeyes. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Thank you.